talked about, you know, this, this being like ourselves, right? The cell phone and all the things that God can do through one little thing, and that would be you, you know, and, and, and the, the things that the Lord wants to do through you and the things that you haven't even discovered that you can do. But when we're plugged into the power source, that is Jesus, that he'll give us everything we need in life and godliness, right? And, and he's equipped us to do those things. So the, then last week we talked about community, which I really felt like there was a lot of oil on that. And uh, God wants to raise up a, a healthy community, uh, a huge, a big community, right? He wants to, every church to be in, in unity. He wants to do a lot of things with the body of Christ. But as far as we go, as, as a community here, and, and actually, you know what, we need to, I'm going to pray for, can we pray for Al's family right now? Because some other people aren't here today. So he lost his mom uh, over the, during the week, and so he, he's got to wait tonight. Honoring his mom, and then tomorrow. So let's just pray for the Al, Lord. We just thank you for Al and, and the family, Father. We just ask that you be with him and his wife and his whole entire family, brothers, sisters, uh, aunts, uncles, the whole entire crew, Father. I just ask that your peace would just cover them tonight, and Father, as they continue to go uh, tomorrow and, and and bury his mom, Father. We just thank you for the long life and longevity and all the things that uh, she meant to everybody the matriarch and the family, we just ask Holy Spirit that you just release a grace upon them tonight, that Holy Spirit, you would just uh, be with them, that Lord, they'd have the good memories, and Lord, as we miss people as they pass, Father, I pray you bring great comfort, and you bring joy in the memories, Father, and so we love you, we thank you, we bless them tonight, and we thank you for them, and the whole bunch, we just pray for the comfort of the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. So... Yeah, we were just talking about authentic community and relationships with one another. And uh, the Lord is really going to work that in this place and with us all. And uh, I just wanted to talk about this, this last part of this. And I want to talk to you about a baptism of fire and how it comes. It really comes through the fear of the Lord. So we'll talk about the fear of the Lord. And I just want you to think about the fear of the Lord as not being something that's, you know, we have... Uh, we have bad um, understanding of who God is, right? It's not he's a mean God and he doesn't punish us and all that. He's a good God and he, does, he wants to really touch us and, and move us into new places and, and a life of abundance and he wants us to live out of the place of who he is, right? Because we're his sons and we're his daughters, right? But he wants us to have awe and wonder of who he is and he wants us to fear him more than we fear anything else. Okay? Can we go there tonight? Because I just want to read just some passages. Well, I won't even read passages because I don't have... I just went through some of the Psalms and the Proverbs and some of the things where it speaks about the fear of the Lord. And I'm going to talk to you about what... Right now, there's a list of what they bring. So the fear of the Lord is the what? The beginning of wisdom God talks about. Right? In his word. It's the beginning of wisdom. It's in the instruction of wisdom, right? It's, there's riches and honor and life in the fear of the Lord. Listen to what I'm saying, because all these things, we speak about fear, and people don't like this word fear, but the reality is it's an awe and an and a, and a honoring God above anything, right? And that's really hard to do because we become fearful of other things, and fear drives us to do crazy things 
that's not logical to what God wants us to do, right? It's not in the flow of God. So I'm going to keep going. So riches, honor, and life come from, from the fear of the Lord. It's the beginning of wisdom. It says that the fear of the Lord is the fountain of life. It says that there's strong confidence in the fear of the Lord. It says that through it we depart from evil. And it actually, the fear of the Lord hates evil. It causes us to hate evil because we love righteousness, right? And so, and then it, the last thing is it leads to life. And that sounds like something like resurrection life to me. Because two times it says it's the fountain of life, and I see Jesus as the fountain of life. And I also see that the Lord wants us to really enter into this life in the Spirit and this life in God that He's calling us to. And what does it say? The Bible says that the fear of man is what? One, two, three. A snare. The fear of man is a snare. And so what happens is we begin to do things to please people around us. Peer pressure is a perfect example, right? When we were younger, or it doesn't even matter, you can be older and, get, and give in to people's opinions, right? That's why when, when things begin to start happening around you, all of a sudden you want to, come on, you want to be around the crowd or you want to be accepted, and we do things that we would not normally do because we cave in to a fear of man. And it's always a snare. Always a snare. Always a snare. Always a snare. Always. Right? And so I just want to go back because we're going to continue. The first two things I, I spoke to you about all came out of the book of Acts, right? Being plugged into God. Getting a baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. Right? And where does this baptism come from? I believe that we can, we can receive this, the Holy Spirit. We can receive a baptism in water. But God is always looking to release more presence and more power on us. But I'm, I'm feeling like this is what the Lord was saying. That as the more I have awe, the more I have honor, the more I have the fear of the Lord, the more freshness of his presence will come to me. I, I'm, I just really believe this. Okay, so let's just go to Acts chapter 3. Because I'm going to start where I stopped. We could actually get through the first four chapters of the book of Acts. It would be amazing. So I just want to go through, because Acts chapter 3 and Acts chapter 4 are almost one story. Because what happens is the, the presence of God comes, right? They get hit with the Holy Ghost. All of a sudden they begin, right? There's a new language, a new fire. And then we hear all these testimonies and it ends on this. They were praising God, right? Verse 47, actually, back up. We'll go up to 46. It says, So they continued daily in one accord in the temple and the breaking of bread from house to house, and they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Then it goes into one of my favorite chapters in, in, in Acts and, and in regards to what the, what the apostles did. And it says this, that now Peter and John, we know the story, Peter and John, they take off, right? And they, they went up to the temple on the ninth hour. And then a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, carried, was carried, whom they laid at the gate, the, the gate called Beautiful, and to, 
he was asking for alms for those who entered, entered the temple. And who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him, with Peter, with John, Peter said, so Peter was looking, right? Peter was looking at him, right? And he, he said, look at us. And he said, and he gave, to, gave them his attention and expected to receive something from them. And then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I do give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately, everyone say immediately, his feet and ankles and his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he leaping stood up and walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And so all the people, right? So there's this big commotion now, right? The apostles show up. They're just going to church. Come on, they're just going to church. They're just on their way to church, and they stop. And so God is ready to interrupt your life at any point, especially when you're going to church. Come on. God wants to bring us into a place where we can be interrupted at any moment, right? And the Holy Spirit can use us at any moment. Because why? Because we fear God, and we're filled with His presence and fire, and when we do that, at any given moment, we can be called to minister to someone. And why? Because you have the light of God inside of you. And the light of God inside of you, as John says, is much stronger than anything that's around you, right? So if we believe that, then we need to operate out of that, really. Because God's calling us to a place where we believe in faith, right? That what he said is true, what he said about you is true, that you don't live below that, but you live right alongside of the word of God. Right? And so the Holy Spirit now is active in these two guys, right? Peter and John, the, the headship of the church. But, but the reality of it, we look at them as, all right, right, they were equipped as leaders. I don't think they were. I think Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. And Peter was just responding to what God was saying at any given moment. And so he had a fear of the Lord that just had him move and do things on the response of what he was hearing. Not on the fear of man, not on thinking, I'm not, I need to do something now. Because that's what we do sometimes. Because we listen to certain people who give you a thousand testimonies of all the things they did. And then you go, I got to go out and I got to do that now. You get real frantic about it. And I've, I've done it myself. No, really. But God's just saying, can you just plug into me? If you just plug right into me and you hear what I say. We, we, we sang about it at the end tonight. If you hear what I say and you see what I'm doing, right, perfect communion with God. And if you think you can't do that, I, I promise you, I'll pray for you tonight, you can do it. I think you can do that. I believe you can do that. And I believe the Holy Spirit's wanting a whole body of people to be able to respond in that way. And, I'm, and you know, I try and make excuses, like for the whole body, like, well, maybe some people get it. No, I'm believing that everyone's going to get it. I'm believing that everyone's going to get it because I really, I've, I'm challenged myself, especially, you know, we went, it was interesting, we went yesterday to just look at a space, and uh, it was in downtown Manchester, it was a nice space, it was a nice space, is it the spot, I don't know, but I'll pray about it, right, but we had this amazing time, right, so as immediately when I meet this guy, when I meet this gentleman, I'm just like, oh my God, I got to pray for him now, and I didn't, I'm like, hold it, hold it, hold it. 
But he was, yeah, he just was meek, and he had just such a nice, sweet spirit. He was just sweet. You know, you meet people, and I don't know, sometimes I think when I'm going to meet someone who owns a, a building with, you know, that is a half a block big, I, I'm, I'm intimidated, you know? Like, I'm thinking, I don't know who I'm going to meet. And this guy was like meek, and he was very sick. And he was very sick. He had Lyme disease. And so, anyway, we, we meet him, and he's like, oh, come upstairs. So we go in this old, old elevator. It was awesome. It was classic. It was like, you know, it's got the cage and everything, got the buttons and the shift thing on there. I'm like, this is crazy. I said, this would be a cool church to be in. So anyway, we go up to the room, and he shows us another room, and then we go in. And anyway, we have a good time just going around, and he showed us the building, and big 4,200-square-foot building for pretty reasonable, cheap. Cheap, really, a dollar a foot. I think it was less than that. So, anyway, we get, uh, we get done and we're leaving, and I'm like, okay, when, okay, when, okay, when? I said, Josiah, come on. We were about to leave. And he's walking up the stairs. I thought he was going to take the elevator back up. He goes, no, I need some exercise. I mean, he was really, I thought when I saw him, I thought he had a stroke. That's how bad he was. And it was Lyme disease, and he was really, really rough. And so I'm, I'm, I'm like, I said, Josiah, come on. And so Lisa and Victoria and, and two others were out front, and they just praying while we went upstairs. And uh, I'm coming up the stairs, and he stops. And he's looking at me. He, goes, he did. He did a freeze. And Josiah's with me. And he's like, I said, we're just coming up. We want to pray for you. He's like, oh, okay. So... He goes up into the, we go up into the office. He goes, don't make me cry. I said, I won't make you cry. But the Holy Spirit will. I didn't say that. So we get in the office, and honestly, I was expecting a miracle. I was expecting, boom, I'm expecting his body. To, but his, there was so much atrophy in his body, I don't know. Maybe God could have grown the muscles back just like that. But either way, right, it's not by what I see at the moment. I'm just going by faith, and I'm believing God. And so I'm just telling you this whole thing because I was challenged because I'm, I've decided I, if I don't start like once a week being purposeful of just asking someone for prayer, you know, to pray for someone, you got to just do it. If you don't start doing it with one, you'll never do it with anyone else. And I can't be afraid because I wasn't afraid. I wasn't afraid, but I don't do it sometimes because I fear man and I fear opinion and I fear, right? I'm the only one in the room. So here's what happens, right? So I go up. We go up there, and, and the Holy Spirit just begins. He, he starts crying right away. And he just started crying. He's like, I'm like, so I just prayed for restoration, all symptoms, all pain to go. And we left him. I just prayed. I, God loves you so much. And, you know, I just wanted, wanted to be a blessing, and we wanted to pray for you. And how do you feel? Can you lift your arm? He had to hold his arm and try to lift it anyway. He's, he's a shell of a guy he probably used to be, honestly. And so I'm, I'm like, I said to her, if the only one thing came out of this, every time I'm downtown Manchester, because he said, I'm here seven days a week, I'm like, I'm going to go show up and just pray for him and hang out with him and bring him coffee or do something, just befriend him. But he was like, he wanted to, be, he wanted to meet with God, you know? And so that's what our job is, is to bring people to the Lord, right? And to just engage who you have inside of you because the Holy Spirit lives inside you and he doesn't want to be quiet, really. As a matter of fact, I know he doesn't want to be quiet at all, right? And so just let's go through this because Peter then, all of a sudden, 
This guy gets healed, and he starts preaching again, right? Verse 19. And I, and I had to just, I had to go through this because what happened was there was this massive commotion and now he's got a crowd again. So I didn't do it out in the open street. And listen, this is what I feel like, I, this is what I feel like doing is starting to pray for people out in the open where lots of people are. <laughs> it's in the book of Acts. Can't we do that? I mean, really, because I don't, I don't, I'm not like the aggressive type. So God said, just get aggressive, right? I'm just kind of passive. Just kind of hang out. Come on. And some other people in this room are too. So you need to just get out of yourself and just begin to just release Jesus. Okay? Because it's really, really, really going to make some people awesome, happy people. Because when they get touched by God, when they get touched by the Holy Spirit, something crazy is going to happen and transform their lives. Because if, if, if I come into this and I don't think that God's transforming, and I'm going to talk about this in a minute, but this is what Peter says. He just gets this crowd, and he says, repent and be baptized. Repent, right? Repent, therefore. Here we go, 19. Therefore, and be converted. That's what he says, right? Let Repent and be converted. And so when he's talking about repenting and being converted, he's talking to them now about, listen, it's not about maybe changing your ways. It's not about feeling bad. Because repentance is never about feeling bad. I've done a lot of messed up things and I felt really bad about them, but did I change? Did I change direction? And this is what repentance truly is because you have to turn and go a different way and not respond in the same way you had in the past, right? Because that's what true repentance is. We don't do the same thing. Come on, that's insanity when you do the same thing over and over and over again, isn't it? Isn't that the definition? Something is not right if we continue to go through the same pattern. So God's here. He's just saying, repent, therefore, and be converted that your sin, and I love this, that they may be blotted out. And what I didn't find out, now I got a fancy, you know, Bible application, life, that I can look all these things up. And blotted out is this amazing word. Do you know that? Because here's what you really need to understand is that when you got saved, the word is like this. When Peter's talking about it being blotted out, it's the old ink that they used to have. It didn't have any acid in it. So you could just wipe it away. You just wipe it away. And they blotted it away. So if you messed up, you had water, and you just blotted it away. So here's what Jesus did, right? He came so that when your sins, right, it says your sins were like scarlet. Now they're white as snow. That means they've completely disappeared. And here's what God wants us to understand in this passage, that our righteousness comes completely from him. That when we turn from the ways that we've walked in the past and we don't believe certain things, come on, God's trying to get us to get the whole thing, right? He's trying to get us to get the whole thing and walk in the fullness of what he's called us to. But sometimes we can't understand about repentance. We think it's just feeling bad, not, you know, okay, I'm sorry, and I won't do that again, but then you do it again, and it's... You, you know. And God says this, repent and be converted. That means convert the way you think. Convert, change, completely change the way you think. And now your sins are completely blotted. They're gone. Because you don't, and it didn't come. It came through the cross. It didn't come through all of a sudden a decision you made. It was the decision to follow Jesus. 
but it came by the cross of Jesus Christ. It didn't come any other way. It didn't come because now you decided to, to train your behavior not to do the things that you used to do because that's not even right because God made you a righteous being and now you love righteousness and you hate evil, right? You love righteousness and this is what Jesus did. He loved righteousness. So he loved righteousness so much that he would give his whole entire being that the whole world would be saved. And so here's the thing. Jesus already did it, but now he's calling us to be a people that do the same thing. I'm sorry. I know he did it already, but he wants us to be the person that would say, I'll do it just because this person will be. Because all you're doing is trying to get outside of yourself. And the problem is we don't know how to get outside of ourselves and just be in the flow of God. We got to do it by some weird works. Like I got to go do and feed the poor and do all those things. And that's good because he calls us to do good works. But the reality is he wants you to do it out of a heart of righteousness and a heart that flows. And because there's compassion now on your life. And now you you realize that you're clean and, and free. And that what you have, you've got to give it to someone else. You can't live any other way. You have to give it away. Right? So now it wasn't like when they were converted, it wasn't like when you get converted, it's not like you turn over a new leaf because not, that's not true. You're a now a new creation. You know that. It's not like the rehabbing the old, right? And so, it, and, and then one of the theologians said it wasn't even the word that said, he said, turn to God, right? It says turn to God, right? Turn to God. It's not even turn to God. It's like flee. It's like run to God. Like, run to God. And that's the problem. See, here's what happens is when we get into a, like, this thing where we don't feel like we're performing well, because this stuff's got to be broken off. When we're out of, when we're in a performance mode and we think we need to do stuff and we need to behave properly, and you do need to do all that. Don't get me wrong, because that can be misconstrued. God's calling you to live a righteous life. You understand? But here's what happens when we're not, all of a sudden, we're not fleeing to God. We're fleeing the other way. We're running away. And God says, come on. I'm, I'm here. Come to me. I'm, I'm ready for you to come back to me. And I want to speak to you. And I want to heal you. And I want to do all those things. So we get the sin is like the idea of just when, when we're clean now, you got a new slate. Right? So what? So that what will happen? So that times of refreshing will come to us. Right? And so, times of refreshing. God wants to bring the cool water of, the pre- of his presence, right? Well, we want his presence. I want who he is. But there's something about being filled with his presence that I'm going to illustrate in a second because we need to really, I'm echoing into the body, bottom. I'm really dry. We need to be able to be filled with overflowing. See, because when all the presence of God, can I just show it to you real quick? I don't know how I'm going to do this. I need a headset. I'll do it like this. I got two bottles of water for a reason. But just think, right? I don't know. What Christian, you don't want to be that Christian. Just think. So... 
still need three hands. If we look at the bottle of water, right, this is who you are. This is, this is Jesus in you, you know, kind of shaking around. But if I squeeze it, oh, what comes out? Water, living water. Living water should come out, right? So, but you can't, I don't think we should be living like that full. Definitely not that full, so we'll fill this one. Because that's the Christian that really needs the water. So we just get filled and filled and filled. So what, is, what does it look like? When we're filled with the Holy Ghost and, oh, oh no, oh no, oh, just enough for the overflow. See, you can see that. Can you see that on the camera? That's funny. But there you go. You're full. Really full. And that's how you want to be. Right? You want to be really full. You don't want to live a half-dried-up life. Because we, you know, we... We can contend with certain circles and just, well, why do I need to be filled? Well, why do I need another infilling? Because you need to live like that. Where it's, I know I'm making a mess, but it's only water. You need to live in the overflow. And I'm really wet. But that's okay. But the Holy Spirit, do you understand? Did you get the picture? Because really, God wants us to live out of the overflow. Right? It's not about you being anymore. You, need, you are the antidote. Right? Jesus is the antidote, but you're filled with who he is. <laughs> you're filled with who he is. Right? And if he's the antidote, so are you. So are you. So are you. Because God wants you to be so full of who he is that when you come into a situation, it's not about, because we, you know, I've been in, in my own life, I've been in like heavy. Like you get heavy, you're trying to help people and you start getting heavy and worried about it. I do. I've, I've done it. Not so much anymore. But in the past, I've done it. That I just, I want to see people set free. And then it becomes a burden. It should never be a burden. You've just got life inside of you. You've got the goodness of God inside of you. You've got the fear of the Lord inside of you and a fresh burning sense of who he is that when you come out of that and you live in a place where he's filling you constantly, you have to live plugged in. Right? So let's go on. I still get water on my chin. So he goes through this, right? And, and Peter goes preaches, and then now more people come to Christ out of this one miracle, right? It was a guy that was, that, that scholars say he was probably uh, crippled from birth, and he had been there his whole life, and that's how he made his money. That's how he provided for himself. And so Peter and John come, and they mess it up. Now, but he didn't care, did he? Because it wasn't about, really, because you can pray for people, and people that are sometimes on, I'm, I'm just going to say it out loud, sometimes people that are on disability, sometimes they're not sure if they want to be healed. I'm serious. I'm serious. You got, God wants us to be in a place where our faith is reaching out to him, that it doesn't matter what kind of situation you walk into, right? And it doesn't matter about other people's faith. 
And so I'm believing that God's going to do something fresh and new inside of you, that you receive something in such a way that the overflow is coming out of you, that you are in the fear of the Lord, which is what? A fountain of life. And life is in you because of the fear of the Lord on your life. Because when we fear God, we just, it's not even a fear of God. It's like this awe that's like, I can't wait. And I've been in situations with supernatural encounters when the fear of the Lord, the, the tangible fear of the Lord has come into my room, come into my prayer time, messed me up. But you know what the problem is? I wish I'd stay like that. I wish I'd live out of that. And I'm asking the Lord, Lord Jesus, give me this fear that I live out of it all the time. There's probably only a few people on the planet that do. <laughs> I'm telling you. And anyone that says any different, I'm sorry. I really feel like God wants to, a body that's living out of the fear of who he is. That's really expecting something amazing to happen because you have such awe and wonder of who he is. And you can only, you, all you want to do is live a righteous life and lead people to righteousness. Right? So then we go to 21, and all of a sudden they're being threatened. Right? Later, after he preaches this sermon, now you got 11 groups. It said 11, it's 11 groups of people that were ticked off at these two guys. Between religious leaders, between the, the peop, politicians, and the other people that were around, it was a group of 11 different people. And so now they're being persecuted. And now they're being told, listen, you better quit that. You better shut that down, right? Right? And it goes on like this. They want to know how this happens, right? Verse 16, I'm backing up a little. It's through what? His name, through faith in his name, that made this man strong. It wasn't by anything else. It wasn't by their faith. It was by faith that came through supernatural, through the supernatural. It was supernatural faith that came to them. Well, I need more faith. You do need more faith. But you need faith that comes from God. You can't produce faith. We can't even figure out how faith works. I can give you, listen, guys, we need, we want to do all these, I want to train people on how to go pray for the six. I, I want to go train people to move in your gifts. I want to train people to do all that. But this is the first thing. This is the first thing we need to learn. That when we, when we want to, Touch God's presence in such a way that we, it's him and him only. Right? It's him and him only. So it says that through this faith that they, this man became perfect, it, it said, had given him perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And then in chapter 4, it says now that they're, they're greatly disturbed, the leaders, right? Being greatly disturbed that they, verse 2, that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. And they laid hands on them and they put them in custody. <laughs> Are you ready? Really, because I don't think, it's funny, we, we think we're going to be persecuted for righteousness sake. But I don't think in our country we're going to get locked up. Not yet, anyway. Right? And so I just, I really want to believe God to just give us a boldness to step in. And listen, there will be people disturbed. And you know what gets disturbed? 
when people begin to start, when you start seeing miracles, when you start seeing signs, wonders, and miracles happen, it's usually the religious folks first. We don't like it first. And, and, and the Lord wants us to not be afraid of people's opinions. Right? Not be afraid of who you're going to speak to or what executive or, or what teacher or, or what... Come on, construction guy. It could be anybody. But we're so worried about people's opinions of who we are that we're not established in the fear of God. That is not our foundation. If we, if, if, listen, how do, if God has not given me a spirit of fear, what's he given me a spirit of? Come on. There you go. All right, I got an answer. First thing, yeah, no fear, no fear of man, then we live out of a place of power and love. And you walk in a sound mind. You're not all flaky and weird. Sorry. But it's true. God wants to move in your life out of love and power. And he's given you a sound mind. That means we are to be established in the word. Right? And when we're established in, a, in, a, in the word, we've been renewed. Come on. In our, in our inner man, but in our minds. Right? And so we don't live out of a place of strangeness. Come on. I know some nuts and flakes in the body of Christ. That's all. I'm just telling you. And I, and I love and respect everybody. But the reality is God has wanted us to be established in truth. The Bible says be established in present truth. Established. That means you don't get rocked around when someone tells you some weird doctrine like there is no hell. That's completely off the wall. But that is something that's being preached and taught, right? And so the Holy Spirit wants us to be sound. And God wants us to really have a place where we grab hold of present truth, the truth of the gospel. And he wants us to be strong in every, everything, okay? So it says this, so... They get, they get arrested, and it says, verse 4, How, However, many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of them came to be about 5,000. So, in the midst of them preaching the gospel and getting locked up, 5,000 people get saved. That's including, that's just men, apparently. So there was a group that just got saved, even in the midst of getting, come on, I'm getting cuffed on the side of the road. Not a good scene. We'd rather not do it like that. That brings me back to days of old. So, but the Holy Spirit is saying, right? This is what I want you to see, that there was such boldness on them. And, and can we live in that boldness? Can you live in the life of God? Can you live in the fear of the Lord and not fear people? Like, I don't want to get locked up for the gospel, but I know there's, mission, there's people overseas that get locked up for, the, for their faith, and they continue to preach the gospel, and they get let out, and they preach again, and they get let out, and they preach again, and they don't care because they are sold out, right? So what happens is in America, and I know this, and I'm comfortable. I'm just telling you I'm comfortable. I like my life. Do I want it to go into shambles because I'm preaching like a maniac? Maybe. I'm thinking, yeah. 
owner shambles favor. Come on. <clears throat> I look at my wife because she's looking at me like, are you all right? And they say to him this, verse 7, by what power or by what name have you done this? It goes back to the name of Jesus, right? It's all out of Jesus, faith in Jesus, right? And so they continue to go. And they were opposed by institutions, right? Because the, 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 the church of that time, the church of that day, was against what they were doing. It wasn't like they came into a, a, a culture that was heavily Christian like we do. Honestly, I, I just had to take, it was a reality check for me this weekend as I'm reading through some of this because I'm like, okay, because we look at the book of Acts at all the stuff and the persecution, we think it's minor. But they were trying to, all of a sudden they were bringing Jesus who was supposedly dead and now they're praying in Jesus' name and people are getting healed, saved, and delivered. And they're doing this and they were on their way to church, like normal church, like they're going to the synagogue, like good Jewish boys. Right? And so this is what's happening. And so instead... This guy gets healed, and now they're all being persecuted and thrown in jail. And so the Holy Spirit just begins to do and dismantle a certain old order, right? And begins to bring the new in. And God is wanting to bring something fresh and new through all of our lives. And it is through the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of who he is and, and the awesomeness of who he is, right? And so, verse 13. Now when they saw their boldness, because just think of this. They saw their boldness of Peter and John, and they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. And they marveled. And they had realized that they had been with Jesus. Why were they saying that? Because Peter is just, Peter is now filled with the word, really. Because if you read through Peter's sermons and what he preaches, it's word. It's a psalm. It's, the, you know, right here before this, it's about the, the stone that the builders rejected. He knows the word. And here's the thing, it goes back to this as well, that when we know the word, I don't care if people perceive me to be uneducated or un, untrained. As long as I know the word, and then I've been with Jesus. And these are the two keys that are going to bring the church into a whole nother level. Not that we don't, I don't, I, I went to Bible college. I went to college. <laughs> but here's the thing. What you learn academically is not going to help you if you don't have the Spirit of God inside of you. I can learn the Word all day and I can memorize 7 million verses. But here's the thing. If I don't put the verse inside my spirit, man, and begin to release it to people, it does me no good. Because there's no activation of the word in my life, right? And the Holy Spirit's wanting us to have this awe of who he is, awe because he is the living word, awe of his word, understanding of his word, being trained in his word, and then begin to move in a, in a place where he's caused us to go forward and not be afraid of any place, anybody, anything, anybody. There's not one thing. No fear. Right? No fear. Don't be afraid. And then it goes for, and they can't deny. Here's the thing. Now they got these guys. This guy's jumping around. 
who just got set free, and he's jumping around. So they can't, what are they going to do, refute what happened? And now they're saying, oh, my goodness, they're speaking in Jesus' name. It, didn't we kill that guy? And then they say this, listen now, if you don't listen to us, remember who your master was, you're going to get the same thing as he got. I'm telling you that was the threat because it says that they were threatened. I don't think, I know, I'm reading between the lines, but that's okay. I believe that they were set, you know, if Jesus died, because Peter said, I'll die, and here you go, you got this guy who, who had already said, I'll never leave you, and he was the first one to run. And now he's like, oh, man, it's my day. I'm not cutting back. I'm not, I'm not being quiet. I'm just going for it. And so when Peter gets filled with the presence of God, with the promise, because you need the promise. You need the helper. I'm sorry. You need the helper. I need the helper every single day. If I don't have the helper in my life, I can't even speak to people. I, when I lay hands on people, when I pray for people, nothing's going to happen if I don't have the Holy Ghost in me. Nothing. I don't think so. Because God wants us to be filled with who he is. So it goes back to being plugged in to who he is in relationship. And we need this because it talks about, again, at the end excuse me, of chapter 4. And I'm going to shut, shut this down. But I, I feel like the, the Lord is saying, what happens when you get persecuted? What happens when you get tested? What happens when you, you because really it's not someone persecuting you. It's you're hearing the enemy. And the enemy will challenge you to say, you better shut your mouth. You better just be quiet. Don't go lay hands on that guy. Nothing's going to happen. Right? You don't need to share Jesus with them. They're all right. They live a good life. I'm telling you, it's the same spirit that was in the religious crowd, and it's, it is. It'll come and the gospel is good news, and everyone needs to hear it. And so here's what, here's what happens. They tell them this, and then they say, what do we, okay, who do we listen to you? To you? Or do we listen to God? Do we listen to mere men? Or do we listen to God? And so they said, go ahead, leave. And so they leave. And then they go to the prayer. And what do they do? They pray. Here we go. Want to pray the prayer of boldness? Because that's what we're going to pray tonight. 29. Verse 29, chapter 4. It says, now look. Now, Lord, look on their threats. And grant to your servants that, all bold, that with all boldness that we may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal. And the signs and wonders may be done through the name of of your, your holy servant Jesus. And when they prayed, the place was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Listen, guys, here it is. I don't know how... When I, when I got saved, here's what happened. The Lord touched my life. He set me free from drugs from drugs and life of alcoholism and all this stuff, all this generational stuff, he set me free. And then I walked into a place, and they were all praying and speaking in tongues. And one of the, like I, I was, We were going to a pastor's house. I didn't even know we were going. I got set up, right? But I was okay. I got set free, right? 
But I, now I don't know what's going on. Now I'm, in these, I'm, in, I'm sitting in these worship sessions with, at a home group at some lady's house, and it's all worship. Come on. And I'm like, I'm about to, like, my flesh wants to run out of there. You have no idea. I want to run. Because I'm like, this is not me. I shouldn't be with these people. I'm all messed up. Like, come on, the enemy at your mind. And I don't even know what they're doing, and I don't even know. Are they speaking in Spanish, or are they speaking, what are they speaking? Come on. I knew they weren't speaking Spanish. But I was like, I don't know. And then that night, I got my hands laid on me, and I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And the power of God hit my life, right? And so as, as, as you continue in your journey with God, I don't know what happened from there to there. And it wasn't long before I got filled with the Holy Spirit. But I knew after that that I could not live without the Holy Ghost, right? You can't live without Him. You can't live without. And then we see Peter and John. They're in a, they just gave out. They just healed the sick. And then what happens? They're praying again for boldness. <laughs> They're praying again for boldness. So here's the thing. You, we just can't let it, you just don't let it wave. Just don't let it fade out. If This is why I'm so, this is why I constantly press all you and myself. How hungry are we? Like how hungry am I? How much more do I want God to touch my life so that I can touch others? Because honestly, when I left that guy's office the other, yesterday, I was like, God, I wanted all his muscles to be restored. I wanted him to be walking and homeless right away. I don't know, maybe when I go back next week, he'll be fine. But if he's not, <laughs> he's getting it again. Right? So we don't, we don't stop. But I, here's what I believe. I believe the more of God you get on you, the more it doesn't matter about anyone else's faith around you. Because I know he was beaten down, he was broken. And as soon as I laid hands on him, he began to cry and weep. And God wants to touch people. But I would have I preferred that God did a miracle at the moment. Are you hearing me? And I've been in other situations where the same thing has happened, and then we hear later, cancer completely gone, or, you know, arthritis gone, or degenerative eye disease went away completely, and now the, the girl's set free. I've heard that over and over and over, so I can't go by what I'm seeing at the moment, but I'm telling you right now, if we, if we go for it, you're going to see more and more and more, and it doesn't stop with the one. You got to keep praying for the one, the next one, and you can't just stop at the when you hit a roadblock and a faith block, you don't stop. You just keep going, right? Verse 32. Ready? Because it goes all full circle. It goes all full circle again. They get together. They pray, God, give us more fire, more life, more anointing, more oil. Shake this place. And I like that. I'm waiting for the place to shake. I didn't say it in the Bible. Why? You think it didn't shake? No, I'm serious. It says that the place where they were praying shook. That means something happened. 
that God was moving the whole building. I promise you, I'm going to watch the DVDs. I promise you. It happened. So they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and baptized again with the Holy Ghost. And they spoke the word of, with boldness. And it says, now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that anything they possessed was his own. And they all had everything in common. And then it goes, verse 3. And great power, and with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Great power was on and gave witness. That word witness, that word witness is the word that means it wasn't just you speaking. It was a physical manifestation of God being in the place. It was God himself declaring and releasing, right, to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ in great grace. Great grace is great power. Great empowerment on the church to move into a greater level. But here it goes. It goes right back to community. Are you hearing me? It goes right back to community again. So community never stops. And we're in community as much as we want to be, right? I said that last week. We're in community as much as we want to be. And that doesn't put a burden on anyone because everyone's got life, you know? But I'm telling you, God wants us to be closer. We had, I don't know, I'm testify of the men's group. We had a great time. We had an awesome time. It was good because we get to just pray for one another. And there was just a, a real richness in what we did. And people got, you know, loose. In other words, just allowing them to be transparent. I was transparent. Other people were transparent. It was good. It's good. You need that. Because I never know. It was crazy. We had dinner with, well, we didn't. We just had uh, coffee with some folks that come here all the time. And I, I don't know people. You understand? Like, there's people sitting here. I don't know. I sat with you maybe once or twice. But I get to know you through fellowship. And the Lord wants that so badly. So badly, because we can isolate ourselves. And I'm telling you, the kingdom is built on relationship, on life together, on believing and hearing him together. Because it's, it, it, this, gets, this is okay, right? I'm preaching and, and teaching and doing whatever. That's okay. But it can't just stay there. You've got you to hear, hear one another, talk to one another, encourage one another. Be with one another. And it doesn't happen unless you're with one another. <clears throat> right? So I'm just going to pray a prayer of boldness over us tonight, okay? Because God, I, I just really feel, and I did. I left. The last few times I've prayed for people, I'm like, I just, uh, I need more boldness. for whoever needs prayer tonight, but I, I just feel like corporate prayer is good. Community prayer was good last time. Just 
can't stand. You'll only get boldness. I'm going to ask for a revelation of the fear of the Lord for all of us, right? God, give us an understanding. Because I want the fountain of life inside of me, right? But every one of us, we can receive something. We can receive. But only if we want it. I promise you, it only comes if we want it. So God, we thank you tonight. We thank you for your love. I thank you for your presence. Lord, we're asking tonight... for a greater manifestation of who you are inside of us. Lord, I'm asking for a freshness of the Holy Spirit and fire in my life. I ask that for everyone in this place that wants that, God. Lord, I'm asking that there's great grace on the church, that there's great empowerment, God. Lord, we're asking for a fresh understanding of the fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord. Help us, Lord, to live in that place. Help us, Lord, to live in that place. Help us, Lord, to live in that place. I'm gonna just actually just read Isaiah 11 quick to you. Because there's a reason why Jesus operated out of the way he did. reason why his life talking about the seven spirit the Holy Spirit and the seven functions of who he is it says in Isaiah 11 it says that the there shall come a rod come forth from Jesse from the stem of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of its roots and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him speaking of Jesus the spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. In verse 3 it says, His delight is in the fear of the Lord. And he doesn't judge with what... He does, it says he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. So here's, here's what Jesus did. He delighted... Lord, let it be our delight. Let it be our delight. Let the fear of who you are and the righteousness of life that we carry be paramount, God. That our life would be filled all in all with you. And God, I'm asking you tonight to just release a grace upon all of us. Open our eyes, open our ears that we can hear and see. But God, I'm asking that there, that there be a substance of who you are in the presence and the awe of who you are in our lives tonight. That we'd all be filled with that understanding and knowledge. Lord, let the knowledge of the fear of the Lord. Let the revelation of the fear of the Lord. Let boldness come on us in ways it hasn't before. Lord, let it not be performance-based, but let it be something that's truly of the Spirit of God. And we have an unction because we want to release righteousness from us and through us, God. I thank you for everyone in here. I thank you for your, 
for the life of every person. I thank you for the calling on every person's life in here. And I ask that there be a release tonight of who you are and the fear of the Lord would be our portion, God. Let it manifest. Let it be real. Let it be true. And we bless you, God. You tonight, God. And we love you. In Jesus' name.